Imagine a youth movement that revolved around what clothes you wore, what music you listened to, what you drove. Of course, this criteria could apply to any group of disaffected youth, from Brando's Wild Ones, the hippie movement, punk rock, and hip hop. What sets this movement apart was its initial geographic specificity, the UK, and the furor it created in the media of the time. For its visual aesthetics, it borrowed from the thin tailored suits of continental Europe, mainly Paris and Rome, while mining obscure rhythm and blues music from the US. There was also the antagonistic relationship with their rockabilly motorcycle riding predecessors, the Rockers, which would culminate in gang wars at English seaside resorts such as Brighton. The movement was as purposefully far removed from the concerns of the previous generation who had suffered through World War II, and it concerned themselves with all things modern and now, with the appropriate name of the Mods. The Dilettante, a Ferrochrome podcast. When one speaks of the Mods, to those who remember them, one is put in mind of hip-dressed young women and men in mid-1960s London wearing military anoraks over sharply tailored clothing while riding GS or Lambretta scooters in hordes to seaside resorts on bank holidays. This is brought into sharp focus in the 1979 film Quadrophenia, which was based on the 1973 album by the music group The Who. The movie details the protagonist, Jimmy the Mod, played by Phil Daniels, working in a dead-end job as a male clerk in a London ad agency. He's disaffected, directionless, but has thrown himself in with the mod movement, which uses amphetamines called blues, while drinking heavily and dancing to rare groove R&B music from the US. On vacation days, called bank holidays in Britain, he and his cohorts all drive en masse to seaside resorts such as Brighton, where they party even harder in the pier ballrooms at night while battling the motorcycle thug rockers on the beach during the day. Jimmy particularly finds an aspirational model in stylish mod gang leader Aceface, played aptly by Sting. There's no overarching purpose to all of this other than to feel the camaraderie of other mods during these back alleys of drugs, booze, and violence, all while dressing smart. Quadrophenia composer Pete Townsend knew firsthand about the mod movement, which had peaked about eight years earlier in the mid-60s, as his group The Who had been one of the musical groups, along with the Small Faces and the Kinks, who epitomized the mod aesthetic, as well as providing a homegrown musical soundtrack. While other English groups had mined African-American music, such as the Rolling Stones with the Blues and the Beatles with Detroit's Motown, it would be the hyper-focus of the mods on rhythm and blues, which would inspire the term Maximum R&B, championed by The Who. One of the other mod band's small faces, who were named due to their short height, and after the mod slang for a well-dressed man, became the other aspirational heralds for young men and women embracing the mod movement. While there had been other youth movements in Britain prior, such as Beau Brummel's dandyism of the 19th century and the jazz age bright young things of the 1920s, this might have been the first aesthetic youth movement born from the working class. 
There was an increasing gap between the generation that lived through the hardships of World War II in Britain and their offspring, who were presumably enjoying the fruits of their post-war success. The older generation, who had never experienced a youth movement, might have expected a little gratitude from those that followed, with the youth of Britain seeming to have missed that memo. In the 1964 Beatles film, A Hard Day's Night, you get a sense of this when a commuting businessman sharing a train compartment with the Fab Four says, Don't take that tone with me, young man. I fought the war for your sort. Ringo replies, I bet you're sorry you won. Ringo also has the last word when interviewed by a reporter who asks, Are you a mod or a rocker? To which Ringo replies, um, no, I'm a mocker. While the Beatles aren't historically thought of as a mod band, their irreverent attitude in A Hard Day's Night could be seen as a PG version of what the mods were aiming for, a disrespect and an indifference to anything not now. Their parents' concerns were not theirs, with their own manic ennui a little harder to articulate, except through intense devotion to matters sartorial and musical. To rub more salt in the wound of the indignant older generation, they began to co-op and repurpose symbols which were considered sacrosanct, such as the target-shaped roundel used by the Who, formerly found on the wings of British military aircraft in World War II, as well as men's suit jackets emblazoned with the Union Jack from the British flag, again often worn by Pete Townsend of the Who. As the 60s rolled on, pop culture continued to morph, with elements of the mods being co-opted into swinging London. As well, the psychedelic movement in fashion and music would find its apogee in 1967's Summer of Love and start to supersede the mod movement's relevancy with all but hardcore devotees. Once the 70s came, it seemed to be relegated to quaintness and a previous generation. But in the vein of everything old is new again, once the late 70s came in the tail out of punk music and fashion with the Sex Pistols, The Clash and Vivian Westwood came a resurgence of interest in mod culture, brought on by the movie Quadrophenia, the Who retouring while playing their old repertoire, and most importantly the British band The Jam with frontman and songwriter Paul Weller. The Jam purposefully modeled their music and dress in the sartorial style of early Who, Small Faces and Kinks, and had considerable chart success in the UK, ushering in a whole new group of mod-influenced groups, such as The Prisoners, The Specials, and Nine Below Zero. That's not to say all these groups sounded identical, but the general aesthetic of each of them definitely drew from the aesthetic of the mod movement. In 1982, Paul Weller disbanded the jam to create the more continental cool oeuvre of his next group, the Style Council. Maud would again go underground as new 80s UK movements such as the New Romantics became current. But Maud's half-life wasn't all done yet, as the mid-90s brought in a new British invasion of music and fashion with groups like Blur, Suede and Oasis. Again, these weren't slavish recreations of mod culture or music from the past, but reinvented or evolved movements, with the band Blur particularly calling back to the Quadrophenia era, 
with their song Park Life, which featured spoken word by actor Phil Daniels, who had played Jimmy the Mod in the Quadrophenia movie 16 years before. Given prior resurgences of the Mod movement and recent academic interest in its cultural influence, in books such as Mod, A Very British Movement by Richard Waite, one can only assume that hyper-stylish, scooter-riding youth listening to signature neo-mod music is an idea too good and too iconoclastic to keep down for long. The Dilettante, part of the Fairchrome Podcast Network. <laughs>